to another episode of True North Nerds. Yeah! This week, we go through the news, and then we'll talk a little bit about Loki, and talk a little bit about the end of Ahsoka, and we'll be doing some talking on a whole, because that's what the show is, because it's a podcast. Very little sing. dancing. We should sing. Very little dancing that you can see. I was yes. going to say, you don't know how much dancing I'm doing. Uh, With that in mind, we have Kevin. Hi. And we have Jen. Hello. And we have Ryan. That's me. That is you. He's doing all the dancing. That's right. Just like every Saturday. (laughs) Ryan. Yes. What's in the news this week? Ooh, what is in the news? Um, Let's start with this. Uh, Kevin, guess what? What? Star Trek Prodigy, Prodigy has a new home. I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, so the, the 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 Nickelodeon, right? It was Nickelodeon. Yes. Uh, the Nickelodeon Star Trek cartoon that uh, started off a little slow, and then by the end of it, oh, I loved it, and I know Kevin did. Uh, after season one was uh, weirdly canceled by Paramount. Uh, but thanks to fan outcry and everything, it has found a new home. It w- will be coming to Netflix. Uh, season one will be coming later this year, followed by season two in 2024. Hmm. So maybe yes. we do keep Netflix. <laughs> or at least get it back again when it comes on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I just um, I just bought a Netflix gift card. I'm on. I resubscribed to Netflix. I'm on the lowest tier yeah, of Netflix, so the one with ads. Oh no, no, we're not on the ad one. We're on the one above without ad or with ads, without ads. Oh, well, no, I bought the one with ads, and there's not even that many ads, so it doesn't seem to be that big a deal. And um, the fifty dollar gift card that I bought make, means I'm good with Netflix until June. Awesome. So that's how cheap Netflix is if you buy the ad tier. Yeah. I don't know if I want to pay for something and then also get ads. Well, like I said, depending on what you're watching, there's not a lot of ads. I uh, Most of the stuff I've watched lately, I haven't gotten any ads on at all. Um, but here's the, uh, the I had to do with Netflix customer service this uh, when I asked, when I when I uh, uploaded the gift card, because when I carefully scratched the silver off the back, it, it removed half the letters <laughs> oh, I hate those things. Yeah. It, it took me half an hour with customer service, but at least they were able to. I, and I had my receipt. I had the serial number of the gift card. Uh, the guy the guy was helpful, but 
um, slow. Yeah. Let's just say. Well, there's probably a lot of checks and balances with that kind of request because, you know, oh, cards yeah. are, usually with, are usually fraudulent. Right. But not our Kevin. No, I paid for it and just wanted to get what I paid for. Gosh darn it. <laughs> As you deserved. Yep. But uh, going back to Star Trek Prodigy, I, I'm loving the show. I love where the se- season has ended and I love where our characters are. Um, I love the preview that they showed uh, this uh, this fall uh, for next season and the new characters we're getting. Um, uh, the Voyager A, that'll be cool. That'll be the ship that the kids are on. So that's very exciting. Um, I, I'm i hoping that they follow the Paramount Plus model and not the Netflix model and release episodes weekly. I think Star Trek works better as a weekly series drop than a binge drop. Mm-hmm. So that's my, my one fear is that Netflix will just binge drop it and then forget about it. Yeah. Well, we'll find out soon enough. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so we had another new uh, announcement. Uh, so Amazon uh, dropped a little poster. They have a new Batman animated movie coming to us this December called Merry Little Batman. I saw that too. That's uh, interesting. What? Merry Little Batman? Yep. Like yes. Like, like Merry Little Christmas. Like yourself a Merry a Little, Batman? little Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, Merry poster... and Little and Batman aren't words that seem to go together. Well, if you Google it real quick, you'll see the poster, and it has Batman with a little min with a a, a mini oh, Batman beside him. Batmite? So no, it's not Batmite. At least oh. it doesn't look like it might. Be, it turned out to be Batmite, but no, it looks more like a kid in a Batman costume. That seems even less like Batman. But Batman's there Lego, too. Unless it's Lego Batman. <laughs> but uh, yeah, who? No, no details, no trailer, nothing. Just this well, poster. Here we go. Uh, this is from DCComics.com. Uh, okay. Uh, from October 9th, today it was announced that Merry Little Batman will be available to stream on Prime Video beginning December 8th in more than 240 countries and territories mm-hmm. worldwide. Merry Little Batman is an animated family action comedy destined to join the rogues gallery of classic holiday movies. When young Damian Wayne finds himself alone in Wayne Manor on Christmas Eve, he must transform into Little Batman in order to defend his home and Gotham City from the crooks and supervillains intent on destroying the holidays. Produced by Warner Brothers Animation and based on characters from DC, Merry Little Batman features the voices of Jonas Kibriab, Luke Wilson, James Cromwell, and David Hornsby, and is directed by Mike Roth uh, from the regular show. From a screenplay by Morgan Evans, who's on the team from Teen Titans Go, and Jace Ricci of Batman, The Doom That Came to Gotham. Roth also serves as executive producer alongside Sam Register, who works on Looney Tune cartoons. Voice recording and writing concluded prior to the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes. We actually uh, talked about this a little while ago. Not the holiday one, but the show that it's attached to. Uh, Bat Family, which was one of the two Batman Amazon animated series that Amazon picked up, because that the Bat Family one was the one we knew like virtually nothing about at the time. So it's uh it's interesting that they're leading it off with a Christmas special. This sounds like Home Alone with Damian Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I'll watch it. It just seems weird to me that of all of the DC characters to be like a, a family movie, they pick Batman. That I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. Batman oh, is I a very so. malleable character. Yeah. I, I think just don't understand. I just don't understand why Damien's dressing up as Batman instead of in his Robin outfit. Instead of Robin. Well, because if yeah, you can be Batman, who knows? Batman. Well, yes, that is true. If you can be Batman, you always be Batman. But. <laughs> Um, okay, well, keeping with, we got some sad comic uh, news this week, too. Um, comic artist Keith Giffen, co-creator of Rocket Raccoon and Lobo, uh, has passed away at the age of 70. Aww. Yeah. Um, for, for Kevin and I's generation of, like, comic book readers, he was, like, super important. Yes. He, like, he worked on so many of the big books, but even, like... Going a little bit later, it's also like he, he's one of the guys who was definitely a workhorse of comics, like in could adapt to what was going on, but still not lose himself. Yeah. Like he survived like everybody wanting to be an image clone. And in fact, even had a book out from image called Trencher that didn't look like anything image was putting out at the time. So it's like his longevity alone is really astounding. Yeah, and he was um, both a writer and an artist. Um, I knew his work first, really, from Legion of Superheroes. He uh, he when he he was responsible for the Great Darkness saga, and uh, along with Paul Levitz, but he was more of the sort of co-plotter and um, penciler on that book. Then his style really changed over time and became more sort of scratchy and less. Um, less clean especially when it came to um the five years later legion uh run uh but keith giffen was also responsible for 52 he did all the layouts on every issue of 52 um ambush bug was one of his other big creations uh amethyst i'm just looking at his bibliography right now just looking at dc um blue beetle blue devil um what else has he worked on uh, weird war tales wonder woman like has he touched everything he's also really well known for justice league justice league international yep. that run of from 87 uh the post-crisis justice league he's responsible for the Bwahaha legion so mm -hmm. uh the justice league he was he was co-writing justice league justice league america justice league europe justice league quarterly all those very popular justice league books um uh of the late 80s early 90s uh, as well as legion the l-e-i-l-e-g-i-o-n legion the, the 20th century legion he was just everywhere in, in dc in the 80s yeah uh the uh the thing with him that i i will take with me is like he definitely had a great sense of humor. So apparently the story is that he had a stroke or something leading up to his uh, passing away. Yes. But his social media announcement of him passing away is fantastic. It's hilarious. It is, is I told them I was sick. Anything not to go to New York Comic Con. Thanks. <laughs> <Aww>. Wow. <laughs> He also did uh, some work at Marvel. It looks like the biggest thing he did at Marvel was Annihilation. 
he wrote a lot of the Annihilation um, tie-in books too. Yeah. Um, but mostly, I'm looking at his. There's no real big long runs of anything at Marvel. No. Defenders he, in the 70s. He wrote. Yeah. Um, he did a revamp, like a reintroduction of Howard the Duck in the 90s or 2000s. I want to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's. I wish right now his Justice League run is locked up in omnibus territory. Uh, which yeah. is, or I, I suppose you could probably read it in on the app, right? I can, yes. Yeah, so I, I wish it was cheaper for people to be able to pick it up. I, kn- I know they put it out in trades a couple of years ago, and maybe it just didn't sell very well, but I'm, I'm hoping they do at least a middle ground, like, big collection of trades that are, like, 50 bucks a piece as opposed to the omnibuses, which are, like, 150 a piece. yeah. Yeah, I love I love that run of Justice League. It, it it might that might be my favorite run of comics of all time. Yeah. Um just it just felt like everything comics should be. It was fun. The stories were action packed but also light and uh uh you know, so many things that I love of about DC Comics came out of that Bo- Booster and Beetle, Fire and Ice. Yeah. Um the uh the Black Canary missing Batman punching Guy Gardner. That, you know, that whole... Oh, so funny. With one punch. One punch! <laughs> I actually have that issue. It's one of the few issues from that run that I, I own. That is JLI number seven, I believe. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, that it's too bad, but at least he left us with a lot of good comics. Uh, yeah, yes. and he wasn't that... He wasn't that old either, really. I think he was only 70 when he yeah. died. Um, yeah. But, yeah. you know, a strike can, a, a stroke can hit anybody. Yep. About a 10. All right. Uh, next. Staying in the comic book world, uh, coming out of uh, Comic uh, New York Comic Con, we got the announcement of a new creator owned and operated media company called. Ghost Machine. Ooh. Yeah, I saw this because so, uh, one of our customers requested one of the books that they've announced out of it. <laughs> Already. Yeah, uh, oh, so yeah. they will be publishing their works through Image Comics, uh, such you know, similar to like uh, Skybound and stuff like that. Uh, so they launched at New York Comic Con. It's a creator collective that includes such comic book writers and artists as uh, Jason Fabok. Uh, uh, Gary Frank, Brian Hitch, Jeff Johns, Lamont McGee, Francis Manipold, Brad Meltzer, PJ Tomasi, and oh, I'm going to butcher this guy's name, Mittal Zut? Zutch? I don't know. Z-C-H-U-T. Uh, and so there, the, the, the article says that the forward-thinking business model allows these creators to jointly own, run, and operate the company, and together share in publishing, media, merchandising, and beyond. At this time, Ghost Machine has announced four shared universes of character-centered titles. They include The Unnamed, Rook Exodus, Family Odysseys, and a horror universe. Uh, I think characters like that uh, Geiger book are being folded into it. Yep. So we will see what comes of all this. But hey, more comics is good news, right? Hopefully. Yeah. 
hopefully. All right. Um, let's just keep rolling with comic book announcements. Okay. Uh, DC Comics announced at New York Comic Con that there's going to be a new lineup of Elseworlds comics. This is good news. Uh, they announced six new titles. We are getting a Gotham by Gaslight of the Kryptonian Age, Batman the Barbarian, Dark Knights of Steel All Winter, Green Lantern Dark, Batman Nightfire, and DC vs. Vampires World War V. So is this kind of like the Marvel What If? Just based yes. on those titles. Oh, sort yeah. of, yeah. So DC Elseworlds traditionally have been like, hey, you like Batman? Well, what about if Batman was in the Victorian age or and yeah. it was a, its own self-contained Batman story? Yeah. Okay, uh, cool. So like, Batman in like, the Victorian age is cool, though. Yes. Did I say read that one? I think I read that one. That's Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah. Brent, yeah. did I read that one? Uh, Probably. Pete. And so that's where a lot of these, like, well, like lately, the vampire, DC vampires is... That would fall under Elseworlds. Oh, um, okay. And that's why they're doing a follow-up in this. Um, there was ones like, uh, well, the like Kingdom Come was an Elseworlds book because yep. it takes place in an alternate future, right? So all these kind of books, DC used to do them all the time. And quite often they were popular because it was taking your traditional heroes and you know characters that sometimes were stale and given a new twist. Yeah, I can see how that would do it. I always loved reading, like, or even when I'm watching, like, TV shows or reading books, and they do, like, a, a what-if scenario. I always loved yeah. those. So, speaking of which, this might also be on your your news list, but Kevin and I were talking about it today in the sort of realm of what-ifs and Elseworlds. Uh, DC is publishing, uh, <laughs> somebody coined the term, term faux-simile, of the issue of Batman where Jason Todd dies. Yes. So they're doing the, because that famously at the end of the, it like he gets blown up and then you had to call a one 800 or one 900 number and cast your vote, whether Jason lived or died. And everybody voted for him to die. Oh yeah. Yes, they did. Oh, it was close. It was by 72 votes that he was facing But to with that, they had they had already produced the art for if he had lived. Like, the, the issue, the start of it is exactly the same. It's whether, uh, basically, Batman brings him up and he's breathing or he's dead kind of thing. And then the pages after that sort of change up. But they had produced the art. So what DC is doing is releasing the alternative version of oh, okay. what would have happened. So neat. Yeah. So they've been sitting on these comics for 30 years. Yeah. The pages have been out there. Like, if you buy a version of uh, A Death in the Family, like the graphic novel version of the story, it shows you what the art looks like. I don't think it was lettered at the time or colored, so they're they're just, like, finishing it off. But I think it's a neat idea. I'd honestly like them to, like, I'd like to know how the story changes, if at all for the next couple of issues with Jason living. Cause basically Batman goes after the Joker, like with vengeance on his mind. And then Joker gets under diplomatic immunity 
because he is the uh, UN's representative for Iran. Yes. What? Wow. It's it's a kind of a messed up story. And like it was funny. uh, Kevin and I were talking about it. And originally I remembered it. It was he was the UN rep for the Middle Eastern country that DC has. What's it called, Kevin? I thought it was Kurak. Kurak, yeah, which is like their their like go to for anything when they need something that's kind of Iran, kind of Iraq, but they don't want to really want to insult anybody. Yeah. But no, this was straight out. He was like the UN rep for Iran. Ooh. It's a good part of the. I really like that story. I read it again last year, I think, and like it still stands up pretty good. Um, but yeah. <laughs> DC's publishing that. Um, sorry to jump in on you uh, there, Ryan. No, I, I hadn't heard about that one. That's awesome. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, jump in. That's fine. Um, we got a couple, well, at least one Marvel announcement I could find again, one I watched and one I couldn't find, so I couldn't find it after. But um, okay. Marvel announced they're going to be doing a company-wide crossover event called Blood Hunt, and it involves a massive vampire attack on the Marvel Universe. Which um, kind of makes sense, because so um, when last we left the vampires in the Marvel Universe, uh, they had had some run-ins with the Avengers, which led to them basically getting their own, like, state, which is, like, built in Chernobyl. Because, yeah. like, regular people can't live there, so vampires do. Wait, I think I saw that Marvel TV show. Yeah, well, they they were doing. To be <laughs> fair, they were doing it in Avengers before Secret Invasion was. Like they beat Secret Invasion by probably a year to two years. Oh, okay. Yeah, but and to but like the rub was to keep them in line. Blade was like the law kind of thing because <laughs> they the had rules that town. they had to go by. He was like the sheriff of Chernobyl. That's so. funny. But uh, I'm curious to see what what this means, because the vampires, like, they touch on them every couple of years, and then it's almost like Marvel forgets that they're around. Yeah, like, they showed up in that uh, Exterminator's X-Men book. Yeah. That was an interesting little piece of their world, too, so, yeah. What are the vampires in Chernobyl eating? Um, I can't remember how they, they basically like, they're getting like fake blood, I believe was the idea. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure that they were being fed. Regular yeah. donations from the Red Cross. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I do donate blood every two months, so maybe that's where some of it's going. There. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, uh, just to sidetrack is a little bit, my favorite thing about vampires in any Marvel comic ever is in uh, the ultimate. Remember the Ultimate Marvel team up, like the uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man team up book. Mm-hmm. Yep, they have one where it's just him. Like it's Peter. Is shortly after he reveals a secret to Mary Jane, and so he can talk to people about like the experience he's having and stuff. And basically, in this one set of panels, he talks about he accidentally he doesn't know who Blade is. And he stops Blade from killing what turns out to be a vampire. And then it Aww. goes to like him telling Mary Jane the story. And he's like, and she's like, oh, v- vampires are real. 
I really wish you hadn't told me that. Oh, it's like, but you told me I could talk to you. He's like, oh, she's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, I know. But like, I really wish I didn't know that vampires were real. Poor Spidey. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like to me it might be it might be an interesting crossover. Yeah. Uh, another Marvel book that got announced that uh, is coming in January kind of has piqued my interest. It's called Avengers Twilight. And it mm-hmm. says, you know, Avengers Twilight, the future needs to be avenged. And it's written by Chip Zdarsky. Mm. And he has been knocking it out of the park with his writing lately. Yeah. And uh, so seeing him writing a, a, an alternate future Avengers kind of, it says like in the vein of Marvel's The End projects from a few years back. Um, but uh, yeah, it makes me, makes, it piques my interest. I really enjoyed those The End books when they were coming out. So yeah, I, I may be in on this one. Yeah, I, I agree. Chip's been doing like a lot of good work. Like his his Batman and Daredevil runs. Like he just finished on Daredevil, and that run was awesome. His uh, Batman run has been really good. So yeah, I need Anybody to catch read, up on that. Um, another Avengers book, Avengers Inc. Yes, I've read the first really? two issues. I've heard that's really good. That's like a Wasp story. Yeah, it's um uh I don't want to say too much because it'll give it away for you like if okay. you're going to read it on the app cuz it's it's a mystery like it's more of a detective book. Yeah. Yeah, I love the the cover treatment of it. it looks like a like a hard-boiled detective book from like the 60s maybe. Yeah. Like a like a oh what was the book that um, Darwin Cook did? Those ones? Oh, the uh the Parker books. Yeah, it's kind of got that vibe to it. Yeah, to me. Oh, definitely. I would. I would say yeah. So yeah, that's something I. Uh, that's an Avengers book I really would like to read, um, eventually. Um. Alrighty. Anything else there, uh, Ryan? Oh yeah, I still got more to go. Okay, go on, we're keep not going. done yet, kids. Um. Okay, so. Uh, we got. I didn't get a chance to watch this new trailer yet, but Kevin pointed this one out to me because I. Um, we got a new trailer for the new, the, another Walking Dead spinoff, The Ones Who Live. Uh, this is the Rick and Michonne series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a trailer out now, and it, uh, we got a date. It's coming uh, this. Oh, I guess this coming February. Hmm. Alrighty. So for the I don't Walking know anything Dead, about Walking Dead. Oh. Well, if you ever want to read it, you can borrow. I got the the first little bit in like compendium size. So, so Jen, these all these people are dead, but they walk around. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> are the zombies the Walking Dead, or are the humans, exactly. the live people, really the Walking Dead? Ooh. Get deep on you. <laughs> um. Okay, we got a new trailer for. Monarch Legacy of Monsters. That's the new Godzilla Apple TV series. Yeah. It's a Godzilla series? I thought there was just a movie. Nope. There's oh. a TV series coming out. Yeah. We, we, we've <laughs> talked about it a couple times. Yeah. So it's I know, a but when you talk about Godzilla, I assume it's a movie and I tune out. 
<laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I'm not a big Godzilla fan. <laughs> this is the one with Kurt Russell and his son, both playing the same character at different times in the timeline. Oh, yeah. Now I remember you talking about that. I assumed yeah. it was a movie. No, it's a TV series coming to Apple Plus or whatever, okay. Apple TV, whatever the hell they call it. Uh, so there's a new trailer up for it. Looks cool. Lots of new monsters and stuff. And yeah, I'm on board. Can't wait. Uh, what else do we got here? Do, 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 do. Oh, another. We got another new trailer here. We got a new trailer for season two of Invincible. And we got a release date. Yay. Ooh. When's it coming so, out? November 3rd. Oh, wow. I was actually expecting next year. Well, no, because remember back in January, they said it was coming out this year and that we were getting trailers soon. And then it's been yeah. like, oh, here's here's some more yeah, trailer soon, trailer soon. More but information There, there coming. was so many strikes and stuff that I kind yeah. of expected it to get pushed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so in this trailer, it looks like we will be diving into the multiverse of, of Invincible, which you know, follows the comics. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. So, yay. I can't wait. Yay. Um, oh, we got some reports that uh, Disney senior executives uh, want CEO Bob Iger to consider buying a major game publisher. Uh, looks like they're actually aiming or they have their sights possibly set on buying Electronic Arts, better Ooh. known as EA. I don't um, think Disney needs any more acquisitions at this point. Mm. <laughs> No, they probably don't, but... Ooh, uh, then there can be a legit Disney Sims pack instead of just the weird Star Wars one that nobody likes. Oh. <laughs> so it it's sounds like EA's been, been trying to court up being purchased or merging since May of 2022, yeah. uh, ever since Microsoft acquired Activision Blizzard. Yep. So they've been looking to get themselves... Like it sounds like they may have approached Apple at one point and Amazon and... But it's starting to, you know, it's looking like Disney may pick them up or there may be something going there. Uh, now, EA has actually split itself from some of its other pieces like uh, EA Sports. And there was another EA something else, I forget, that they've kind of, di- you know, diverged themselves from, divested themselves of, like, you know, just split oh, okay. a bit to make it a little easier for the that this this part of EA gaming to be purchased by somebody. Or merge some with someone. Um, I assume that this whole sporting thing would be, especially if Disney were to acquire them with all their other sporting stuff, uh, there could be some issues there, some antitrust arguments being made or something like that. Uh, but you know, they're already working with Disney. As you know, EA has the you know some Star Wars game rights. They've been making like. Uh, their, their studios have made th- such games as uh, Fallen Jedi. It was that, uh, Fallen. What was the last Jedi? Uh, Fallen Order. What's Fallen that Order. Order. That sounds yeah. right. Uh, so yeah, you never know. The the only thing about it is is like sometimes Disney does stuff like really ass backwards. Yep. Like in terms of this is like you know we should buy a major video game company. They did when they acquired Lucasfilm, and then yep. they shut it down. Yep. They've they've had mm-hmm. open and and shut down multiple. Yeah, that's video not the only one. Yeah. But that's one yeah. of the bigger ones that I can think of right off the top of my head. Yeah. Was no. they had Lucas Arts, and they did nothing with it, other than close it. 
Yep. So here's hoping, like they said, anyway, you know, here's hoping it doesn't happen. Let's yeah. just leave companies the way they are. And was that everything on my list? I've got a couple things. Uh, okay, good. My list is done. What, what do you got? What do you got? What do you right. got? So, um, just some more follow up from New York Comic Con in terms of comic stuff. Uh, I and just like sort of like one that we haven't talked about, but a publisher called Mad Cave, which is a small publisher, or at least they were, um, is been going after a couple of licenses. So they announced at New York Comic Con that they are going to be publi- publishing Gotcha Man comics, which to uh, older people like Kevin is Battle of oh. the Planets. Oh, oh, wound me. Older people like <laughs> Thanks, Brent. And well, for good. my generation, they were called G Force. So good. I feel young because I don't know what any of those things you are. Would, gotcha. You would automatically recognize it if I showed you the cover because Alex it's Ross Battle was doing the, the covers. It, yeah. it was made into Battle of the Planets. Um, like I've said before, when that Battle of the Planets has come up on this show, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never seen it. That's yeah. the one where they're space people, but also for some reason have bird wings, right? They have bird yeah. costumes, yeah. yes. Um, but they've acquired the license to that. And uh, this comes off of the the announcement a little while ago that we didn't really talk about, is they have partnered up with uh, the, the creators who have the comic book rights, not comic strip, comic book, not movie, comic book, of Dick Tracy. To oh. do a Dick Tracy comic book. And like the starting, like the image that they've used for that um, looks pretty awesome. Is there so any call like, for a Dick Tracy book or a Gatchaman book for that matter? Yeah, but it's Mad Cave is an interesting publisher in the fact that uh, I was telling Kevin this this afternoon is they do this interesting mix of like more adult horror books and kids books like there's like not a lot in between and that's where i guess these books are going to fall well if the dick tracy books are done as like real true mystery or crime books yeah you know there's a there's an audience for it it's a known at least to some people a known property that really hasn't had anything new in years like years yeah so yeah why Um, not in other comic book licensing news dynamite uh has teamed up with uh warner brothers who i did not realize owned this franchise to do a property that ryan is very familiar with thundercats ah interesting so it's being the, at least the first story arcs being written by uh, Declan Shelby, who uh, has done like a lot of good writing on a bunch of stuff. Um, he has uh, done Deadpool versus Old Man Logan. He's currently writing Alien for uh, Marvel. He is also an artist, so he did uh, art for uh, Warren Ellis's run on Moon Knight. And he is tackling Thundercats next, which means, uh, get ready, Ryan. We have 8 million covers to look forward to. That'll be an interesting week. It's not even an insult to Dynamite. It's just true. I wonder, (laughs) 
I wonder how much uh, like will it will it sell? Like I I'm very like, curious. Like it's not transformed. Like that's what I was thinking. You know these '80s toy franchises with new comics. It's like you know Transformers is one thing, but Thundercats. It's like mm, it's kind of very niche. In DC that whole... gave a run at it not too long ago. And even like paired it up with He-Man for a miniseries, and it just like yeah. did okay, did not do great. But no, Dynamite's also pretty good at taking like these like small, nichey properties and like doing well with them. It's like you look at yeah. like their Disney line, right? Right well, now, I was gonna, like I was just oils And uh, the Disney villains books, which I would have never would have thought to do, but they are doing them. So, yeah. Well, um, at the very least, we know issue one will sell because issue one yep. will sell. The the main cover to it looks pretty good, too. Nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, did you see the, the cover A out of like 36 covers? Yeah, I was going to say, not the double A or the triple A or yeah. the double C. Um, did you see the preview pages that were posted this weekend for the upcoming Duke, Cobra Commander, and then uh, Real American Hero issue 301? No, I haven't seen them yet. Okay, so Skybound has posted you know, the promotional imagery, so like the first like, couple pages from each one of those new upcoming G.I. Joe books. And then they also did a – I saw a post on Instagram last night showing – like some of the main characters for both the Duke and the Cobra commander book. And it was kind oh, cool. of interesting because they've got Baroness grouped in with Duke and on the, in the Joe's book. Well, they are making like some changes, right? So yeah. uh, I'd be curious to see. See, now you got me looking for it. <laughs> um, in the, the meantime, uh, I do have a couple others as well. Keep um, rolling, let's go. So they announced a couple more. Uh, there is a new Marvel Ultimates line of comic books. Uh, last week it was announced that Ultimate Spider-Man was coming from Jonathan Hickman and Marco Cicchetto. Uh And now we've got a couple more books to add to it. Um, one of which had an unfortunate name change. <laughs> That I'm really glad in the article that I read that I'm really glad turned out to be somebody different. Um, Ultimate Black Panther is coming from Brian Hill and Stefano Caselli. Uh, Brian Hill originally when I read it, it was listed as Brian Hitch. I'm like, ooh, they're 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 getting like the whitest of like white people <laughs> in comics to to do a Black Panther book. This is interesting, no, but it's Brian Hill is doing it. It's been corrected, who uh, is written Blade and Killmonger. Um, this one sounds interesting because it sounds like their 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 version of Black Panther is also against the this new Ultimates version of uh, Moon Knight. The third book that was announced was Ultimate X Men, written and drawn by Peach Momoko, who is from my experience at the the comic shop has a lot of fans that really like her stuff. Um, and this is like one of the ones that like sounds like it's a real new change where it's about uh, a student in Japan 
who develops armor powers and discovers that she's a mutant and she's not the only one. So it sounds like the this new version of Ultimate X-Men is going to be like completely like in Japan and kind of manga inspired. Cool. Yeah. And like from what I can see and from reading the the book this is spinning out of, which is called Ultimate Invasion, uh, which is just kind of finishing up. This isn't the ultimate universe that like we read from a couple of years ago. This is a brand spanking new thing with a lot of like changes and like bits and pieces to it. Wasn't this supposed to roll out of the new ultimate universe that's coming out of the book they've been writing? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm going to be jumping on board on this ultimate Spider-Man or not. I may just wait and see because I've got enough. I'm getting kind of I'm getting enough Spider books right now. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that, but yeah. Hmm. Oh, I just saw those promo images that you're 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 talking about. Oh, okay, because so I was just saying I just found them. I was gonna try to send them to you, but I found them on the Instagram. So yeah, the in the Duke book it shows Hawk, Duke, Baroness, and Stalker. Yep. As the team, and then on the Cobra side, it's showing uh, Cobra Commander Destro, Mercer, and Zarana. Yeah, you know who Mercer is? No clue. So do you, you know, Slaughter's Marauders? Yep. In the movie, he's the ex Cobra guy who is working with, uh, in like Sergeant Slaughter's little team. Yeah, I don't remember that. Oh, okay. That, I would, yeah. you know, ask me details of the 86 Transformers movie. Oh, yeah, I'm on board. The G.I. Joe one, not as much as mm. stuck. It, it's an interesting lineup, both sides. Uh, oh, yeah. And like, after that first issue of Transformers, bring it on. Yeah. It's sure. like, I, I am really curious to see where this all goes. Uh, and uh, the, the only last thing that I've got is... Uh, at a panel today, it was announced that Steve McNiven and Charles Soule are working on a secret project, which I guess isn't so secret anymore, but they're calling it a love letter to Frank Miller. And the oh. preview pages uh, kind of make it a little interesting, but really don't tell you who what characters are involved, other than there is one with like this like kind of like creepy old man gripping a Captain America shield. Maybe it's Martha Washington. No. No. <laughs> no. That that would be over at Dark Horse. And ah. Dave Gibbons would have to have something to do with it, I think. But, uh, yeah, so that's all I've got. Anybody got anything else? Well, there was a Star Trek Universe panel at New York Comic Con, uh, but uh, there was nothing there was no real uh no real new information except uh the writer's room for starfleet academy the new series um has met uh tawny newsome is uh part of the writing team for that show now um but yeah they see uh alex kurtzman has gone on record saying yes there are new projects in development but they didn't say what any of them are so have we have we gotten any confirm or deny for the spinoff from Picard? No, no. Okay. That's another another just sort of let's see what happens. But uh, the the people who um, 
who started all the petitions for saving um, Star Trek Prodigy, have now moved their attention to um, what they're calling Star Trek Legacy, which would be the Picard spinoff. So yeah, we'll wait and see, but uh, pretty much no news is good news, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. From there, uh, we go into. Should we talk about? Did we talk? We didn't talk about the last episode of Ahsoka last episode, right? No, I because we it did. It, didn't we? Um, I don't think. I don't it, think we did because we're only on episode two of Loki this week, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and episode one came out the same week as the final episode of Ahsoka, so that would have been the few days after the last time we recorded. Math. Okay, so let's let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, how did everybody feel that the show wrapped up but didn't wrap up? I'm good. good. I liked it. Want more? <laughs> yeah, I kind uh, of predicted that's how it was going to end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin, since it, you you hadn't watched Rebels really, yeah, and I, you were have you were struggling with like parts of the show in in those respects. Yeah, I really didn't love the show. It just, it didn't grab me because I didn't know these characters. It felt like I was expected to know a lot about who these people were. And I didn't really have that information. Uh, Plus, I've been tired since I got back from my vacation. And I kept falling asleep every time I watched the show. So, uh, yeah, it's fine. I'm going to do a rewatch on it eventually. But maybe after I watch Rebels. Fair enough. Yeah, I was talking with Ed about it uh, all this last night, too. So I guess he hasn't watched it at all yet because he hasn't finished Rebels. So he's uh, working his way t- through Rebels before he uh, goes ahead and starts Ahsoka. And so I told him, yeah, probably at this point, if he hasn't watched it, then he might as well, you know, that's probably in his best interest. Yeah. Uh, but I did call it. In that we finally did get to see her, uh, see uh, Sabine use the Force yep. and pull a lightsaber when she needed it. Yep. Which was awesome. And she threw Ezra into a ship. Yes, <laughs> I love that. She, the first time she's able to actually use the Force was only like five minutes before that, and she's like, "Well, you jump and I'll push you. I'll use the Force. And I'll push you." And he's like, "Um." <laughs> uh, um, are you sure? She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Probably, no, no, I can do this. Totally got this. It's fine. Okay. And I love how there was that little delay. You see him jump and then start to fall, and he falls out of frame, and you're like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> he survives alone on that planet all this time, and then that's how he dies. Yes, plummets to the earth. Um, we got to finally. We did get. Well, I guess we kind of got an answer as far as are those troopers undead troopers. Well, they, they are now. <laughs> they weren't, but they became it. <laughs> I loved the final battle with uh, Morgan Elspeth. Elspeth. Yeah. She was such a good character. I was a little sad that she died. Oh, by the way, spoilers. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I just really like I really like this Star Wars show. I really like. I want to know what's going to happen to um, the bad guys, uh, the bad Jedi, who are sort of bad but not really. 
Yeah. Well, both of them, really. I want to yeah. see what happens with her. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they recast him and continue his story because there's I be- so I, many options. Yeah. It felt to me at the end that uh, Shin, was that her name? I feel like she felt abandoned by her master at the end of it because he just kind of buggered off and left her alone. And then she. And then Thrawn left her behind. And... Yeah. And then so then she found. She, I guess she's taking over as leader of um, those guys dressed in red, the other people who live on that planet. But or at least she's joining them. Yeah. She probably, I can see her taking over eventually, but. Yeah. So I wonder if she's going to have a redemption arc, if she's going to eventually end up with Ahsoka and Sabine, because, I mean, they may have to retcon her storyline based on um, Ray Stevens yeah. passing. So it may be that she was going to continue being a dark Jedi, but you know, now that they may not have his character anymore, we'll see how it goes. Uh, maybe they'll have to, to keep her in the show. They might have to retcon her a bit. Um, so I'm interested in seeing what happens to her. She was, I think one of the most interesting characters for me uh, in this series, beside the fact that they turned everybody from a cartoon into live action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which was interesting on its own. <laughs> Uh, it's fun watching Ezra be Ezra. Yeah. You know, pretending you, to be someone else. The, do you feel they got all the characters right from the animated series? The yes. actors they cast? Yeah. Yes. Them? Surprisingly, yes. Honestly, that was the thing I was worried about the most. But I mean, knowing how much money um, Disney has to, and Star Wars has to throw around at these types of things, I was impressed at how close they got all of them. Like, the mannerisms. I mean, it's it's hard to go from cartoon to live action, and there's like a ten year age difference now between when we last saw them as a cartoon to now. Um, so it's interesting and it's impressive how close they all got to their cartoon personas. Yeah, I like the fact that like Ezra, they aged him up, but they got an actor who looked like how Ezra's dad is drawn. Yeah. So, like, it, it's a good way of aging up that character. Is like, well, we won't so much base him on this. We'll just base him on kind of what the future one would sort of look like. Yeah, which makes sense because that's he grew up a good ten years. So, <laughs> um, watch, yeah, watching him steal the stormtroopers' calm and like, uh, yeah, no, everything's fine here. Like. Uh, the, the same kind of thing he did in the cartoon. Oh yeah. Um, it makes I kind of want to see that how he managed to uh, live on the ship without being noticed in a suit like, in the stormtrooper suit for like whatever the day or two they were in hyperspace for. He's done it before. He used well, to know, that's, infiltrate all the time. Exactly, and it's usually interesting. Yeah. Now I didn't notice it until I saw a picture online. I didn't realize it. The ship he stole was the Jedi, was that dark Jedi guy. That was his ship. Oh, did he? Because if you watch the, I guess from the first episode when they first show up to to free the woman, mm-hmm. that's the same ship. Like it comes in, lands the same way. He and it's actually the the picture I sh- that I saw showed him walking out, and then showed Ezra walking out, and it's kind of like, um, is it a good idea to steal the ship that? The New Republic, uh, the last time they saw it, it uh, 
contained two dark Jedi that broke a prisoner out and killed a bunch of people. Mm. I'm sure well, he didn't know he that. He wouldn't know that, but well, that's but why they were yeah, so cautious like, to bring it in, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love that moment where he was like, "Hi, Hera." Yeah. <laughs> It was great that Chopper was like he rolled up right oh, up to yeah. him and recognized him with before he even took the suit the the, the helmet off and was like beep, 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 like all like choppery talking to him and yeah we need more Chopper in whatever series or whatever they're gonna do next in this timeline and these stories I want more Chopper yeah he's great <laughs> um I thought I'd just bring something up because Jen brought her up. The I did uh well the the woman who <laughs> was playing uh oh, now I've lost the yes so just like out of like one of those like curiosity things a little while ago I went into a bit of a rabbit hole on her uh, she is played by actress slash stunt woman slash director and martial artist Diana Lee Inasanto who. Um, her dad, Dan Inosanto, is w- one of like the only sort of like official teachers of Jeet Kune Do, the the martial art that Bruce Lee found, because like he was taught by Bruce Lee this martial art. Yeah. So she like she got trained in it, like for like second degree down kind of thing. Which is why we we get like some cool fight scenes and finally in the that last episode, but she's like been a stunt woman and actress and stuff like Blade and uh, Star Trek Enterprise for a couple of years on and off and The Mandalorian obviously, but it's she has an interesting like story that I also think is kind of cool, but, mm-hmm. uh, especially like going from stunt woman to well. Apparently she was an actress in seven episodes of Moonlighting and then she's like her filmography like kind of disappears for 10 years and then she gets into doing stunt work and then slowly transitions back into acting again. So, yeah, I I kind of wish that they had kept her character for a little longer. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, they can always bring her back just in more makeup and costume as a an actual night sister, like as a yeah. for the witches. Yeah, no, but I meant like the character of Morgan. Oh good no, for too. sure. Like yeah. <laughs> now, I want to know what's in all those boxes. Oh, the ones that Thrawn insisted be loaded up. Yes. It's probably the remains of the night sisters. Well, uh, yeah. That's the, the the I guess the leading theory is that it's yeah. not necessarily the the, the, the sleeping ones because he showed up and awoken those three. Yeah. So is it the rest of them? And so bringing like a whole ship full of night sisters back into the main Star Wars galaxy, it's like I'm assuming they're going to go back to Dathomir. Well, that's where what? they are at the end of that episode, right? Yeah. Oh. It says it. I don't it goes, bloop, bloop, text. Um, but that changes the balance of power right there like bringing a whole planet of night sisters back to life or back to the universe like that what has to change the, the the dynamic of the universe how did the night sisters get either from the current universe to the star wheel universe or vice versa from the star wheel universe to the current universe 
Um, well, I think the 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 story goes that's been established in like uh, the recent video games and stuff is that they may have started in that universe and then came to the yeah. Star Wars universe and and lived and established Dathomir, uh, but they traveled through space whale. Oh, they they took the space whales. Sounds like it. Hmm. Now, uh, another bit of trivia, I forgot to mention this because uh, this is going to bring up, I think, two shows that Ryan really likes. Hey, Ryan. Yes. Did you know uh, who one of the lead Night Sisters was played by, like actress wise? Yes. Claudia Black, who was uh, Aaron Farscape in Farscape Mm -hmm. and And was also in Stargate. Stargate. Yeah. And Brent. Yes. Did you know <laughs> that the main stormtrooper is uh the guy the main is the mechanic guy from the expanse? Yes. No, because I haven't really watched the expanse. And you're missing out. Everyone should watch the expanse. <laughs> you should. <laughs> this but is, you never see this is your excuse to get in your expanse plug. You never see his face in this um, series anyway, so. No. So it could be anybody, but yeah, yeah. I didn't know. That's one of those. I didn't know either one of them were in it until like. Oh, the next how step. could you? Like, yeah. especially so like makeup him, but voices like her. And, yeah. yeah. It was like the next day they were posting like this person, you know, sort of the pictures and said it was this person. So it was like, oh, shit. Awesome. That's great. <laughs> I love those franchises. I love like those actors. That's good. Okay, cool. So have they announced the second season for Ahsoka yet? No. no. They have announced nothing. Mm. I need to know how they get off of the planet. We, they haven't even confirmed another season of Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. All we've really gotten is that the Dave Filoni's doing a movie. We don't know when. And we don't know if anything is coming before it. So, is the theory that the movie is going to be like a Mandalorian movie that ties in Ahsoka and Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett all together? Or is they not announced anything because of the writer strike and they were waiting for that to get all resolved before they kept going? No, I they think they're keeping it secret. They've announced that they're doing the movie. They just have, and that it kind of is the culmination of everything they're doing. Yeah, well, did of they the not Filoni call it Star Wars Air, universe? Did they not call it Heir to the Empire? I'm not sure if they did or not officially. Yeah. Honestly. And, where are we now in the timeline? Like, this is still, like, is it going to take place after the most recent movie with, like, Ray and then? Oh, no, this is all well before those movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, where is this going to fit in with the timeline for those movies? Same. Is we're, it gonna, we're ahead like, of those. All this stuff is going to get resolved before we get anywhere near those movies. And is that going to make the other movies make sense? <laughs> who knows um i think on the one hand where you know I, I can totally see it where once they defeat thrawn then no then it will totally be like oh there the empire is done all over who cares now and when they start you know when the people that are paying attention start to see the first order becoming the first order like leia and starting to like raise flags they're all like oh, no We've taken care of the Empire. It's all done. They're, they're, don't worry about them. And then that's how we end up with, you know, The Force Awakens. So they are going to kind of 
bake the movie to explain the new trilogy. <laughs> yes and no. Maybe. It's one of those the the new movies are still like because this is only what what did we figure out like maybe seven years after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So like Ben right now Ben should be a child. Mm-hmm. I, I think Ben's like maybe like maybe five six right now because I forget in the one book um, how long after Endor it takes place and Leia's pregnant. I think mm. in that book. So, but yeah, so like Ben's out there. Kind yeah. of, you know, little Kylo Ren's out there. Luke is starting the school. Yeah, we saw that with Grogu. Yeah. And then we know that like the events of the last season of The Mandalorian happened because of the reference that the, um, that, um, <laughs> I hate the to say it. That Mr. Kim referenced at the the uh, yeah, at yeah. the meeting when he's saying, "Well, what about the events at Mandalore?" Like that was an isolated, you know, imperial guy that got right. taken care of. Meanwhile, there's a whole I, group of them. I just find it, and I'm very grateful they're doing this, by the way. But I just find it endlessly fascinating that, and this is my interpretation that the the new trilogy was almost so non like non connected to the original trilogy that they have to create that they've created this series of tv shows and now another movie and everything to kind of explain what happened <laughs> to make it make sense instead well, of just making it all chron- well, chronologically like they they're doing it backwards well they've already done it this before right you yeah, can make no, the same argument with uh the sequel the, the the original sequels to the original series like the, oh yeah the, no. the prequels right like same thing yeah because they did the whole clone wars cartoon that fleshed out and created new characters after well, the fact and also then for the Rebels same reason and, i think yep. like because the the original trilogy the new trilogy okay the prequels yep or again so dissociated from the original trilogy that they had to create an in-between to connect the original trilogy. And it worked. It did a good job. And it made the original trilogy make, a, or the sorry, the prequel trilogy make a lot more sense and connected a lot more closely to the original trilogy. But I find it funny that instead of learning their lesson, they're doing it again. They made the three movies that didn't do well. So now they're like, okay, well, let us explain. And then maybe you'll understand the, the movies. Well, <laughs> financially, the movies did fine. It's critically they didn't. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I. I enjoyed. uh, mm, I've. hmm, I like the first one. I think I have to watch them again. They they were just. They didn't. They were were fine. They were like three separate movies. There was no. Well, that's because they didn't have any real forethought when they were making them, and they were so disjointed. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't a tangent about that. I just find it interesting. Anyone else have any thoughts on Ahsoka you want to share? I really liked it. I really liked it too. It was pretty. <laughs> yes, I like so, I like a lot of the memes that have come out of it too. Oh, I don't think I've seen the memes. Oh, <laughs> there's a bunch of them where it's like, 
Oh, I watch. I love Star Wars. I watch Ahsoka for the this and it's like. Oh, I watch it for the plot. Oh, it's always like. Oh, I watch it for the space battles and the sword fights. Like, oh, I like to watch it for the plot. And then the pictures are all like the plot. And it's like all pictures of uh, the actress who plays Hera all of her butt. <laughs> yeah, the plot. Yeah. I do also, and I think I mentioned this at the last episode, but I do find it funny slash annoying that they haven't trained Jason at all in any of the force. Like he's obviously force sensitive. He uses the force, but he doesn't have like any training. Like not even the yeah. not even robot David Tennant. <laughs> the the thing about it though that's kind of like, you know, his dad wasn't really a a Jedi either. Like he was a Padawan, and then yeah, that's true. Due to forces not under his control, obviously he quit. Yeah, and but so it's like, like, you know, like it's really other than Ahsoka, and Ahsoka has made it kind of clear, like definitely after it didn't work out with uh, Sabine. Sabine, that she doesn't want to train anybody. Like she yeah. doesn't want to train Grogu, right? No, like she doesn't I, feel she's a good fit for it, so she like takes him to Luke instead. And you know, maybe maybe Hera is just not comfortable with the the son of the the Dark Lord training her son, which makes sense. But like even um, I don't know the character's name, but Robot David Tennant, um, he's trained lots of younglings. He said, and I didn't watch. The yeah, but not in Force stuff, just in lightsaber stuff. Yeah, but he hasn't even done that. Like, shouldn't he be doing something? Instead of just well, maybe. But it's one of those things. Are you just going to train a child that hasn't had any formal training how to build a lightsaber? Well, I thought that was part of the formal training. No. Yeah. The, well, it is the, later on. That's like step like ten or eleven. Like, you I don't know. I'm not a Jedi. Up, I don't know. One with the Force and 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 not you know. It's like give, here, kid, have a sword. Running around with a lightsaber, cutting people and cutting things. You know, that's what's what would happen. If I gave you a lightsaber, what would you do with it, Jen? Well, I'm not force sensitive and I wouldn't do that. <laughs> you would t- cut bread with it. And make I would toast. slice, I would dice, I'd make julienne fries. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, overall, Ahsoka. Good show. Might not be as good for you if you have not watched Rebels, but you should go watch Rebels because Rebels is really good. Yes. Rebels Uh, is my favorite of the Star Wars. So we go from one Disney Plus show to another with the first two episodes of Loki. Um, I I don't know if I'll be the, the, the only one saying this, but it is okay yeah it's better (laughs) than secret evasion yes i i would agree with that i like owen wilson (laughs) he's funny um but i don't think anything's happened yet in the first two episodes to make me excited about it yet i get that and it's only been two episodes so i mean yeah there's been a lot oh go ahead sorry kev I like that they fleshed out some of the background characters. I like Casey, yeah, played by Eugene Cordero. Um, I like I like X Five, how yep. he decided to rather be a movie star. Um, so I, I like 
in a real deep Marvel, like deep cut, apparently. Oh, is it? Yeah, that movie that he's making, it's a it's a character out of an old issue of Thor. Oh. That got like turned into a monster due to uh, Three Mile Islands like nuclear okay issues. Yeah, I, I like I, I didn't know this. It, I just saw it when I was like looking through some stuff today. But yeah, I just um, I like that it's got a lighter touch than Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion just felt all oh angsty, gloomy, doomy. Uh, the the aliens, the aliens that have been here for years and years are now going to be here longer. And now, uh, this this show's just fun. I do yeah. wish we could see Miss Minutes, um, because I miss her. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, um, I'm just along for the ride with Loki. My my favorite thing about the Loki show is the aesthetic. Like I love the scary. Yes. I love the costuming. I love the look of the TVA and I love the um, like 1970s technology being turned into futuristic technology. And I, that's probably, and I mean, I love Tom Hiddleston, but like that's one of the reasons why I'm like, well, I want to keep watching this to see where it's going to go. Right. More because it's, it's pretty to watch. Yeah. I found a lot of setup in these first two episodes. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I I really like even though he hasn't been in it a lot. I like Ob. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he's great. Yeah. I love that his name is Ouroboros. <laughs> and I love that he can. He'll say at one moment, "Oh no, I don't know what you're talking about." Oh wait, here it is because you yeah. talked to me thirty years ago about this. I I gotta admit, I really like that sequence. Like it, <laughs> it was really well put together. And the actors did an excellent job considering, like, that was probably shot on different days, right? Mm. So, yeah. yeah. I love our new uh, science bros. When we got the, the, the one guy showing up to help him, and he's like, oh, well, you know, if you, you know, if you, uh, you have, have you tried this and this? He's like, well, yeah, of course I've tried that. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, and he pulls out the, like, the handbook, and he's like, yeah. yeah, I wrote the handbook. And he's like, oh. You, you're 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 him and he just starts fanboying and then they like, you, so you signed my book the, the universes are dying he's like can you sign my handbook it was so cute <laughs> i lo- i do really like that they're building him into more of a character too yeah. casey who casey or ouroboros in casey both yeah. um i do love eugene cordero i mean i've uh he plays rutherford on Star Trek Lower Decks as well. Oh, does he? Oh, okay. That makes sense. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Same actor. He also played Pillboy on The Good Place. I don't remember Pillboy. Pillboy was Jason's buddy who gave the the good drugs to the old folks at the nursing home. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Eugene Cordero is a a comedian that I have really loved for quite a while. So uh, I, I like, I'm, I'm glad to see him in several h- cool, high profile projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So like, so far, like good, nothing mind blowing. I, I must admit the one thing I'm kind of curious about and interested in is the fact that no Kang yet. 
No. Like just yeah. like uh, the closest we've gotten to him appearing is like statues and that um like recording of him and uh, what's her face from season one? Ravina. Yes. Ravina. Oh yeah. So I saw a clickbait and I didn't click on it because it was clickbait that said that um that Loki season two was writing Kang out of the Marvel universe or maybe just the actor. And then they were like, the clickbait was evidence that this is happening. And I was like, eh, I didn't want to watch that. So have you guys, what do you think about that? Uh, I I don't don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't remember the ending of the first one well enough of season one. So I'm just like, uh, well, it's the issues with the actor, right? Is what they're yes. referring to. Yes. Um, Excuse me. Bless you. That was loud. Uh, they haven't. Uh, <laughs> Couldn't get to the nothing mute of, <laughs> Don't you hate that? Uh, nothing official has come out saying that they are writing him out or they've recast the character or anything like that. Uh, the, they still have plans for the, the Kang Dynasty Avengers movie and all that. So. Yeah. Uh, Kang's not going anywhere. No. Whether this he actor eventually gets recast, that happens. I don't see it happening in this series. No. Like we could get a War Machine th- type thing where in between movies they recast. Yeah. Yeah. Or a Hulk, I, you know. I like, I think the Loki was probably too far along to really do anything. Right. With because we got like uh, I had com- almost completely forgotten about it, but the the credit sequence from ant-man 2 right that has all of them in it yes the kang coliseum yeah no the the one where it's like old timey kang yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. and loki and and uh, mobius are there yeah and that was obviously shot probably while they were prepping or shooting this show so it's I would think it's probably an upcoming scene we just haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, like yeah. it's definitely like a preview, which means that like and he's probably not in this show a lot either no. because you don't want to like waste the big bad on like being the big bad of a show and then he's a big bad of the movie too. Like it's like all building up to him being the huge big bad like in these but at the same time it's like he does have issues that so if they're going to recast which i don't honestly know if they'll do um it's not during this show it'll be later on Um, yeah just looking into kind of like his legal matters uh i believe unless it's been changed again he had his uh got a hearing next week on the 25th so yeah. and there's like as, as we've stated before we're not lawyers uh we do stand with the accused in th- situations like this but there's so much stuff lying around it that like we are kind of trying to refrain from commenting as much as possible on that side just more the entertainment aspect we will look into mm-hmm. but uh yeah like it's, i i think this one was too far too far along but what's the what would be the next connecting thing to come out uh um, that's a good question who knows i don't think it's the marvels no, no, I don't think like, there's any Kang in Marvel in the Marvels. Other than maybe a credit sequence or something like that, right? Yeah. 
there's talk of the TVA showing up in Deadpool 3. Really? Well, that would make Deadpool, sense. I could see that. If, if the movie, if was, well, if you believe all the speculation and rumors, it's it's going to be a Deadpool jumping through the multiverse or time and, and different timelines or stuff type movie, then you can totally see the TVA maybe being part of it as chase, trying to chase down Deadpool to stop him. Um, it'd be really interesting if we saw Deadpool in show up in the series as a surprise. Like, even if it's just a blip, like a well, cameo, yeah, just, you know, in cuffs, walks, walks in, behind. In, yeah. You don't have to hear him talk, so you don't have to have Ryan Reynolds you with know, his voice or anything, but just someone in a suit, you know, with the the you know the TVA handcuffs or in a, in a TVA jumpsuit, right, as a, one of their prisoners. <laughs> so the next uh, the the next few Marvel movies uh, are Deadpool three, Captain America: Brave New World, Thunderbolts, and Blade. That ends. Phase five, although Blade, I think, is uh, Blade has, might be off of that schedule. Yeah. And then phase six is Fantastic Four. And then the two Avengers movies, Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. What's Thunderbolts again? Thunderbolts uh, is villains pretending to be heroes. Well, kind of. It's like it's the Marvel not Suicide the Squad. Going. Oh, right. OK. Yeah. And then so that one is. We know they have partially, if not already, filmed that movie, or they were getting ready to. Same with the Captain America movie. Uh, Deadpool they were working on before the strike. Yeah. So all three of those movies are in different stages of completion, or at least of being built and being created. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, because I guess well, Marvel's... And then I guess we don't. I'm guessing there's not another. When when's Deadpool scheduled for? Next year. Yeah, but it's like not till. Like, do they did they just say next year? I forget the. Uh, let me see here. Because I'm just trying to think what the you know what the next scheduled move release is. Because yeah, we get the Marvels, which you know is done. And then what? Uh, Deadpool three is the next one, and it is scheduled for release on May third. Okay, yeah. so that's possibly still within the realm of reality, but the longer the strike mm-hmm. goes, the longer, more, the more likely all that stuff's getting pushed. Yeah, the the thing with Deadpool three too, I can see, is well, that's a lot of numbers in a row. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't gonna it, say anything, but I was is, laughing uh, to myself. Is <laughs> that if it did have? some Kang connectivity to it, which I don't really think it it would, because it, it's got to do a lot of heavy lifting to try and get X-Men stuff in there too, right? Yeah. So if it did, that's a movie that they can easily, like, they can just take it out and nobody would ever bat an eye. It won't change the story at all. And they don't have to deal with if the actor's going to change or anything like that. They'll just exercise that from the script, uh, if it's even in there in the first oh, place. Oh, sure. Like, and really, I, I can see it making sense having, if it is a multiverse jumping thing, having the TVA make an appearance. There's no reason for Kang to be in this movie. Yeah. 
So they're going to now try to more formally attach Deadpool to the MCU. That yes. is the theory, but nobody knows for sure. Okay, because yeah, I thought that the whole idea with Deadpool that he was a standalone guy. Well, it was before. Yeah, but the then first when, because but then they weren't. That's because they were done by Fox, mm. and they weren't owned by Disney yet. Right. This will be the first Disney Deadpool movie. Right. So now that Disney owns it, they can incorporate it more more properly into the rest but which we already know so if it's Deadpool from his universe uh, existing movies we know that doesn't take place in the mcu yeah but this is a good way of that deadpool now (laughs) jumping in and out of multiverses and they can bring in the other like the original x-men movie characters you know that's probably probably how we get hugh jackman in it oh yeah wolverine right and then they can bounce around to all, you know, other stuff and bring in other people. And in, in the end, by the time we get to Secret Wars, it's probably going to, that's going to reset the whole universe anyway. And I can <laughs> see some actors not coming back, maybe some characters coming back with new younger actors. Like I can see a new Captain America, a new Iron Man, all that kind of stuff, right? For yeah. and, and start over again. Because usually that's what. Like, especially if it's more based on the newer Secret Wars and not the original Secret Wars. Yeah. Because the new Secret Wars was a, a universe reset kind of... Kind of, yeah. ...event. Um, I, <laughs> the, I still like the idea of them, like, maybe, like, talking about it and, like, suggesting it all throughout the next Deadpool movie, and it doesn't happen... And the end of it is Deadpool just taking like like at either the end of the movie or a post credit scene is him taking a file folder labeled X Men and dropping it in a file folder on a desktop labeled Disney and just like wiping his hands and walking away. <laughs> yeah, just adding some yeah some some pages into a folder called MCU and just going yep this fits right here. Yep. Done. <laughs> well, I um, thought he would. I figured he would make a bigger deal about like being a Disney princess or something. Oh, I can totally see him do that. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, so uh, Loki is uh, going okay. We will see where it's at in a couple weeks. Um, but that brings us to the end of this episode, which brings out two things. The first of which is Patreon shoutouts. If uh, you are a, a member of our Patreon, patreon.com slash nerds, you get one of these shout-outs as a thank you. Uh, three bucks gets you in the door. Uh, not a heck of a lot of uh, like added content right now. Uh, other... Except for that wonderful podcast you're doing. Yes, I was going to say. There is a monthly podcast called Listen to This, uh, hosted by myself and Alex Kruger of Composers, where we talk about music and stuff. Uh, The latest episode, if you were a child of the 90s, probably right up your alley, it uh, is all about uh, compilation albums, like Big Shiny Tunes and Frosh and things like that. And uh, these things don't actually exist much anymore. So it kind of dates Alex and I. Uh, The next episode that will be coming out... uh, 
last day of October, first day of November is all going to be about Halloween tunes that correlate with movies. So uh, basically uh, songs that work well in horror movies. We we talk like for quite some time on that. And then in come uh, December, it is going to be uh, holiday songs that don't suck. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, we, we pretty much have our year mapped out, which is easy to do when you only have uh, one episode a month. Mm. But uh, yeah, um, you get that for three bucks a month. And it also helps us pay for our hosting and pay for uh, little add-ons here and there. And our theme song from... Uh, uh, Kirby Crackle, which every year we pay a licensing fee for because uh, we're not jerks and we're not stealing it, even though I'm honestly pretty sure we could get away with it because I don't think Kyle remembers any time I email him about it or just like, oh, yeah, I forgot I do that thing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, uh, you can use the song again. Yeah, our agreement's still good. So, anyways, patreon.com slash true north nerds. Thanks go out to Drew, Karina, RhinoVision, the aforementioned Alex, Team Woods, who has also been kind enough to do truenorthnerds.com, a nice little landing page which directs you to all truth north, north nerds thingies. Uh, Michael Hammond, who has uh, maple printing, he prints stuff in 3D. It's really cool because uh, if. Uh, are we going to see some of it on Halloween there, uh, Ryan? Or is it not going to be ready yet? Oh, no, no. My my armor's not ready yet. Uh, okay. Um, and, of course, uh, great thanks goes out to our friend Rex, who is also one of our patrons. Which brings us to the other last thing that we do on each episode, Geek Picks. Who wants to go first? Me, me, me. Okay. You, you, you. Um... We've been hyping it up for months, so I'm going to hype it up one more time. Issue one of Transformers from Skybound is in your local comic shops. It's great. Pick it up. It's setting a great tone for the new Energon universe with Transformers crossing over into G.I. Joe and the and Void uh, Rivals. But uh, there's the artwork is energetic. There's a few good emotional beats in the first issue. Uh, some surprises that happened that I'll be very interested to see if it's a long-term event or not, considering the character it involves. You know what I'm talking about, Brent. Um, and uh, I look forward to reading more. So, yeah, run to your local comic book shop and pick up issue one of Transformers. Hmm. My turn? Next. Sure. Um, I was browsing around my television apps, as one does, because I can't just flip channels anymore. I just flip on every different uh, uh, TV or video app that I've got now, and just occasionally searching for something new. And I was on the CTV app when I saw a promo for a new reality show called The Traders. Canada. Now there are many versions of trade the traders out there. Uh, there's an American version, British, New Zealand, Australia. Almost every country has a version of the traders, but I've never watched it before. So I have watched the first two episodes of uh, of this show, The Traders Canada. Now the um, 
I don't know if if you guys are familiar with a party game called uh, Werewolf. Yes. It's also published as Mafia. That's what Traders is. It is that game. Three people out of a group of 20, 20 people are brought to a big old Victorian mansion just outside Montreal. Three of them are chosen to be the traitors. Every night they murder one of the faithful in their sleep. And then every day the faithful and the traitors get together and they vote to they try to vote to f- figure out who the traitors are. That's the whole game. There are also some like competitions to add money to the pot. Uh, and I don't know why anyone would sabotage the putting the money in the pot because like that's sort of the if the trader if a trader wins they take home the whole pot or they or they split the pot between all of the traders and the faithful who are still alive at the end they get to split the pot too so there's no reason to sabotage the pot for any in my mind for anybody so I don't know where they're getting clues from there but if you've played the game Werewolf and you want to see some people play it on television in a cool fancy old house uh, the Traders Canada is pretty cool the other interesting thing about the Traders is that of the 20 contestants half of them are people who have either who are either minor Canadian celebrities or have appeared on other reality shows so uh Rick the Temp from uh from Much Music is one of the contestants I was wondering Um, if you were going to bring that up. I watched that show for like five minutes the other night, not knowing how I know the way you've described it to me. Now I'm interested in it. I didn't know what it was about. I thought it was kind of like that one show they used to have the uh, where someone was trying to sabotage everybody else. The mole. Yes. Um, Which didn't really interest me. But finding out that it's more like werewolf. It's like, okay, that's interesting. I saw Rick the Temp and I was like, is that Rick the Temp? Yeah. So other contestants uh, include past winners of Big Brother Canada, um, uh, and uh, uh, the first Canadian who won Survivor. She's a contestant. Um, also, people who've been on Amazing Race Canada, Drag Race Canada, Master Chef Canada. Basically, if you've been on a Canadian reality show, you could be on this show too. Um, <laughs> but it's just a it's a stylish cool looking show with a very simple gameplay and uh you know um i'm interested to see how long it will take before the traders murder all the faithful because the faithful aren't that bright (laughs) (laughs) all right that's the traders it's on ctv cool all right so i have another book recommendation um i'm reading well listening to actually a book called The God of Endings by Jacqueline Holland. And um, I found out about this book because um, I've been getting into TikTok and it's fun. And uh, I found out about Book Talk, T-O-K, which is, you know, I'm an old person, so it took me a while, but I found it. And now I've been writing down all these recommendations of books, and this was one of them. So I got it out of the library. Uh, The book is about a vampire uh, who was... I guess, born around the 1830s and became a vampire as a child. But in this world, vampires grow to like your adulthood. And then that's when you stop aging. Um, They also can go out in the sun. Like the only thing that goes with vampire lore is that they drink blood and that they're stronger and have heightened senses. So anyway, um, it's about this girl or this lady who is now it's 18 or 1984 
She's been living for a long time. She's kind of getting tired of it, but she's also finding that her life is changing. Like her body is like, she used to be able to survive off of like a little bit of blood and that would last her like four days and she'd be good. But now she's finding that she's like losing time and she's always hungry. And so she's trying to figure out what's wrong with her, but it also flashes back to her life um, from 1834 and her like trials and tribulations of becoming um of, of being this vampire in this world so in her the part that i'm at now and i think i'm almost done the book i'm listening to it so i'm not sure how much longer i have but in um her flashbacks it's just around the end of world war ii and then in her modern life it's 1984 and she's trying to figure out what's going on with her so it's it's a really good book um it, the reason that i thought it was something up my alley is because it was uh described as people who liked interview with a vampire and the invisible life of Addie larue would enjoy this book and i haven't read interview with a vampire but i really oh, loved, i love that book i loved the invisible life of Addie larue like that book was amazing so i was like eh, free from the library i'll listen to it while i'm driving to work and it is fantastic so if you like um vampire books but this is a more, it's not like a horror book. It's, it's more of a, um, it's like a finding yourself type of a book. Uh, and it's got a bit of history. It's got a bit of mystery. Um, yeah, you should definitely read The God of Endings by Jacqueline Holland. Awesome. Uh, so uh, I will, uh, I will start off with a quick note just in case, because uh, last time Jen and I went to this place, we were on somebody else's podcast. Uh, coming up the, the weekend of after we release the show, uh, Jen and I will be at the Chicago Toy Fair, formerly Whee! known as the Kane County Toy Fair. So if you happen to be a listener who doesn't actually say much to us, but uh, has joined our podcast due to our appearance on uh, Asteroid Factory, was that what the show was called? I don't remember. Yeah, That's it why. got lost on my feed when I like switched phones. So I'm. I apologize if they're still listening to us, and it's that uh, I'm sorry. The, the if title you are of your show. Please correct us. Yes. Um. But uh, if you are in the uh, Chicago Naperville area and happen to see us at the toy show, uh, feel free to come up and say hi. Uh, Jen and I are going to try and document it with video as we go along. So. Uh, we we will see how successful we are with this. Yeah, because we're old. <laughs> because we're old, but uh, uh, and some of them might be videos that we upload when we get back to the hotel at night too. Um, <laughs> so there is that. The other thing that I wanted to uh, give a quick shout out because I just discovered this young lady. At least I think she's young. She looks young. Is uh, her name is Haley Rose, otherwise known on Instagram is that girl with the hearse. Uh, there's underscores in between each of those words. Um, she is a goth woman who is also a professional welder and owns a hearse as her daily driver. And the reason I'm bringing her up is she has managed to do one of the most awesome things ever as like a clapback at uh guys who want to see uh, her in like swimsuits and nothing, I guess is she kept getting requests for only fans. So she made one for her car. 
<laughs> called Lily, Lily the Hearse. And in fact, like it is the best part is, is I've seen a video where she explains how like people are like some dumb guys get annoyed with this because she makes it quite clear that the OnlyFans is for her hearse. And you have to jump through hoops in order to get there in the first place. You have to go to the link tree on her uh, Instagram page, then go to her Twitter. Then there's a link there to the OnlyFans page. And it's like says Lily the Hearse in in captions. Yes, really. And you can see preview images, which are all just this car. But yet people are still getting upset when they go that far. Pay $3.99 and lo and behold, it's just pictures of a car. <laughs> I, I feel this is brilliant, so uh-huh. I had to give her a bit of a shout out. That sounds like something someone we know would do. Yes, <laughs> I, I I believe it, it is a a uh, another young person that yes. you're referring to. Yeah. Yes. In fact, I I should probably tell that young person about this. It might yes. give her ideas. And like her content's fun too. Like she she talks about like the the trials and tribulations of owning a hearse because there it's one of the things we don't think about is like when you buy a hearse you know like we all want to do someday i guess um hearses aren't like yeah they're not for the most part their hearses aren't commercially made they're usually frankenstein cars right So when you buy a car that's kind of like two cars welded into one car, like like it, you get like problems that you might not have with other cars. And as she says, it also means like they have their own unique personalities. Like for like a good month, her back door just wouldn't open for some unknown reason. But uh, yeah, I recommend that. And uh, also... Uh, another small one. Uh, I also co-sign Ryan's pick of Transformers number one, uh, written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson. It is an awesome Transformers comic book. I'm I like Transformers a lot, but I haven't really ever read any of the comics, uh, or, or at least not to the extent that Ryan has. And the this whole ener- new Energon universe that Skybound's putting together, I'm really interested in. And this has just furthered it. The I, I keep talking to customers about this book, and they're like, well, how is it? I'm like, it's great. It's really well drawn. It's got, like, a good reinvention of the original Transformers cartoon story that, like, guys my age are familiar with. But they're tying it in with G.I. Joe and a bunch of other stuff. And it also, like, gets to the meat of it pretty quick. It isn't, like, a lot of, like, human stuff and then the last page is a Transformer. It's, like, three pages in and we have robots punching robots. So, um, yeah, I I highly recommend checking it out. Um, If you want and are in the Barry area, Big B Barry happens to have a number of copies of cover A left in stock. So uh, feel free to come and get them. Do we have any of the sketch covers left? Sketch covers? Yes. Ooh, there you go. If you come in and and buy a sketch cover and request us to sketch on it, we will for $5 towards yes. our coffee fund. 
we're we're doing one for uh Patreon Rex. Yes, which I need to get. <laughs> he is so going I to so regret this when he gets it. Because none of us are good at drawing. <laughs> I think Ryan is Except a little bit, aren't you, Ryan? Ryan? Sometimes. You're you're I can guarantee you're better than I am. Well I didn't I didn't want to say that. Oh I, I will. It's okay if you say it, but <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to do a robot stick man. I think we can figure it out for you. <laughs> oh, oh, don't laugh, Kevin. You've got to contribute, too. Oh, do I? Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> this is going to be passed around for a little while, I feel. All right. I, I, I think we should give it to Ryan first. You can set the scene, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan can do the, the main image, and then we all just add to it. Okay. I can write the word pew, pew, pew. <laughs> All righty. Uh, that's it for this episode. When we come back in two weeks, more Loki. Uh, probably a bit of nerd travel stuff with Jen and I. Woo-hoo! Excellent. We'll be back from Chicago by that point. And we're going to a toy fair. We're going to a museum. We don't exactly know what else we're going to get up to yet. But... Uh... I want you to find numerous landmarks from the classic movie Transformers Dark of the Moon. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ferris Bueller's Day That's Off. No, I might not anything as Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No, because <laughs> Although I am tempted. there's the Battle of Chicago, so it should be enough. I have not enough. seen that movie. Um, watch it. The, I am also aware of, I don't know how far it is from where we are staying, but there is a town in Illinois, not too, too far outside of Chicago, where it is a town of giant things. Ooh. Like, you know, like those giant roadside attractions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a whole town of that kind of thing. I don't care how far it is. We're going. That's awesome. <laughs> I didn't well, you know about this. You just yourself into some trouble there, Brent. Yeah, oh, I, I've been looking at it. I'm just not sure how far away in Illinois, or because I was almost thinking maybe on our way back, it might be a way that we can route through. But uh, Jen and I have to like talk about that, obviously. Oh, that place sounds like fun. We'll be so tiny. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so we will return in two weeks. In the meantime, uh, let's see. Uh, Jen has dolls and ponies on. Uh, Instagram as well as what's your yarn store? Misembria um, underscore knits. And there is also uh, Kevin has uh, some Santa ing under. Oh, I always get this wrong, so you say it. It's North Simcoe Santa. Right. I always forget the North part. So yeah. So if you would like a Santa, a good one, get in touch with North Simcoe Santa. Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty good. I know you're pretty good. So, um, And Ryan just dropped a new episode of Tales from the Collectorverse. I That's thought you right. were going to say he just dropped a new album. Yes. <laughs> That's next week. Um, yeah, no, uh, Ed and I recorded last night. I edited it today and put it out there. So, uh, yeah, we were a little, uh, we missed September. So this was our September-October episode. Uh, life got in the way. Uh, mostly because Ed was on the road, you know, got to pay those bills gotta, yep. so we can buy more toys. So, uh, yep, we talked a lot of stuff, talked a lot of new toys, and uh, it's out there. You can also follow us on our Instagram for that show on Tales from Collectorverse. 
And uh, yeah, like I said earlier, listen to this is appearing on our Patreon feed. Uh, it's uh, been a lot of fun to do. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and we're going to be looking for uh, listener uh, things for the January episode. So stay tuned. Ooh, uh, things. Yes. Uh, questions that they may have. I will be more specific later. (laughs) (laughs) Until then, I hope you guys all stay as happy and healthy as you can be. And Obamaste. Bye. Bye. Hey, you, reading comic books like the way you look, like the way you always mess with your hair. Playing PS3, it's just you and me. It's the way-